I rented cafe space uh, in their off hours. So I would go in at 4.30 in the morning to do the dishes. So there's a lot of bootstrapping in the early days, a lot of learning. I just, I wanted to fail fast. You know, I wanted to fail cheaply, testing hypotheses of what people were comfortable with, what would work, um, and, and human psychology of what is now the circular economy and what is now useful. Welcome to Winning at Work, the podcast for foodies, founders, and food and beverage professionals. You know, if you wanted to discover a new brand, a new food or beverage to try, there are literally thousands of companies out there. It is very difficult to do that. That's why we curate the different, the better, and the special brands here each and every week so you don't have to do the heavy lifting. If you're a founder and you're looking to connect with other like-minded executives, we make that very easy. And if you just work in the food and beverage industry and you're looking for fresh inspiration, we have that here in spades. This episode is sponsored by Temple. Congratulations, you're selling in retail. But the competition is fierce and your brand is surrounded by similar products. How will consumers find you? Let Temple show you an innovative retail sales solution. Click on the Attract Consumers link below. Need to attract great employees? Click on the Hire Now below and we'll show you how to use your culture to help you stand out. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. Okay, so we've done a little bit recently on food tech and some of the new innovations that are coming out. We've also been dealing with how do we solve the problems of plastic. It's just it's gross. I mean, there's just so much of it. And one of the ways that entrepreneurs are attempting, and I do think making some progress in this area, is what they call the circular economy. That's when you use something once and it's sanitized and reused again over and over and over. It's been very difficult for entrepreneurs to figure out this model to make it work. I had interviewed someone several years ago. Uh, great story. I don't think they made it. And we have today another great example of the circular economy. Um, I have Allison Cove. She's the CEO. She's the founder of Useful. And what they're doing, they're going after, I think, primarily, and she'll expand on this. We're starting with college campuses. Obviously, there's going to be some corporate uh, play for this as well. But we're focusing on a, a stainless steel, like a cup, a container, a bowl, Okay, it's deployed on college campuses and it's there's they have a technology solution behind it that makes it very easy to get your uh, get whatever it is you need that, you know, to eat and then you return it. And it kind of keeps track of all this. And in a recent podcast I had with Strawfish and this one literally is on the, the front page of the website still, we learned that like 500 million single use straws are used in one day. Is that crazy, Allison? Totally crazy. <laughs> and just imagine that there are cups attached to that. Exactly. And it just goes on and on and on. And so I'm trying to imagine just like how much waste and trash is produced on a single college campus every day. Holy smokes. You know what? You're prompting me to bring up some data for you so that I can tell oh, you just please how, do. how many do. tons. I love it. I love it. So what do you have on- for us? Well, on college campuses, you know, we're really only tracking um, their takeout. 
Um, so, you know, anything from retail that's takeout or even dining halls that students are doing takeout, we're replacing that with our tech-enabled, returnable stainless steel product. Um, maybe just two seconds on what it is that we're offering. Yes, I w- let's get into all of it. All right. We are providing our clients with double wall vacuum insulated stainless steel cups, bowls, containers. Um, so we're really elevating the takeout experience. Food and drink are staying at the appropriate temperature for five or more hours. Um, so no more soggy takeout containers or cold um, oh, burger. gross. I hate yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. It's a more premium experience while also helping to save the colleges or whomever our partners are a sus- substantial amount of money. We're saving campuses anywhere from 20 to 55% over single use while elevating the experience and then the warm and fuzzies of saving the world and reducing tons and tons and tons of waste. It's one of those beautiful, truly win-wins. I mean, people love to throw that thing around, but that's really, truly what a circular economy really does. Exactly. And the way that I explain it um, to maybe older generations is that this is essentially like a library book experience, but for <laughs> You definitely don't open up with a Gen Z with that, like, what? <laughs> What's the library? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> So it's a very straightforward process, but it's all about changing that paradigm on a, on a campus of what does takeout look like here? Um, what is the cultural norm that we're establishing here? Um, and these campuses and their students are really proud of their efforts of going zero waste while also making the experience more enjoyable for folks. You know, I, I guess it didn't really hit me that this was also a takeout solution because I was looking at the website and I just saw primarily you know, takeout. Oh, it is primarily takeout. So yeah, it's so not we don't for- replace the you know ceramics and flatware that are in a dining hall, um, but we're solely focused on takeout. I think it's super smart to move into the college campuses with the Gen Zs. Why? Why did you do this? I mean, you're coming out of a consulting background, right? So you're in business consulting. (laughs) What in the world were you thinking? Back in 2013, um, so this was before the circular economy was even a buzzword. um, I had this moment of reflection while I was sitting at my desk and consulting and I had, you know, my Starbucks cups on one side, my lunch bowl on the other, my breakfast yogurt in the trash next to me. And I had this moment of reflection saying, Allison, you consider yourself an environmentalist. You know, my first job out of college was working at the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in their Ocean and Coastal Protection Unit. And in this moment, I said, I'm I'm the ultimate environmentalist, but I'm not walking the walk or, I, you know, I'm not walking the talk. It's in your head. Exactly. But, but what are the wa- footsteps? And I have reusable cups for my coffee at home in my cabinet. I have, you know, old Tupperware at home in my cabinet. Why wasn't I bringing it with me to work? And it really all came down to convenience. I uh, would always forget my cups and containers at home. Um, I was packing for a a camping excursion when I would go to work with all these things. There was nowhere at work. (laughs) You show up with like a a wagon full of things. I'm Where are you going? Oh, this is just my <laughs> meal meal truck for the day. Exactly. And then there was nowhere at work to wash my dirty stuff, you know. So I had this stuff that I didn't really want at my desk. Um, 
And, and so I started to think about, all right, how, how can I solve this for myself? So 2013, I wrote my first pitch deck, targeted it at Starbucks. Starbucks, how could you implement this? You know, it was the same regulars every day going to the coffee shop. Um, and, and anyway, I slept on it until 2018. And think of it, 2013 Zipcar was just becoming a thing here in Boston. Um, the, you know, city bikes or what we call blue bikes were in their infancy. Rent the Runway was was not a household name yet. You know, the circular economy didn't exist effectively. And so I was just way ahead of my time. So long story short, 2018, I was restless and I went to a Boston Globe event with angel investors. And uh, the whole idea was pitch your idea and get feedback from these angel investors. So I did. And at the end of the event, they went around the room and said, what was the most promising idea you heard here? And mine was mentioned. And that was my, oh, shit moment. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that on this podcast. Oh, but say it. Say it. Let your hair down, Allison. All right. Oh, shit. This is a glorified idea. I've got to go even test if people are comfortable with this concept. So I was still working full time. I uh, partnered with a cafe in the first floor of my office building, got some cups and tested the idea. And the feedback I got from that first thing was love the mission, love the concept, hate the cups that you're using. And so my journey, my journey started on how do we find the, the right cups for this? Um, then the next pilot I ran was about technology. What's the best way to track these? Do we even need to track these? And so I bought an off-the-shelf inventory management system. It worked well enough that I knew that I needed to build my own app. Started building Wait, were my you own. Bootstrapping this? You're oh bootstra- yeah. yeah, I was working full time. So you had uh, your so- payroll, like your own income, and you're just funneling it off to this project. And this was like an after eight p.m project and weekends. Total side hustle. Total side hustle. And I was also at this point thinking, oh, um, centralized dishwashing should be done. So I was the one, I rented cafe space uh, in their off hours. So I'd go in at 4.30 in the morning to do the dishes. Um, Anyway, so there's a lot of bootstrapping in the early days, a lot of learning. I just, I wanted to fail fast. You know, I wanted to fail cheaply testing hypotheses of what people were comfortable with, what would work, um, and and human psychology of what is now the circular economy and what is now useful. God, I love that fail fast. I've heard it before, but just when you put it in those terms and the amount of money and work and effort you're putting in, let's just find out really quick if this is a horrible idea. And I learned that so quickly because I was about did to buy- Did you get that from consulting? Was that kind of your consulting background? I or got this background? from a fantastic mentor of mine. Um, she was so instrumental in those early days. She was formerly with Panera. And I remember calling her and I said, I found these great cups. I'm going to buy 10,000 of them and just go to town. And she said, what about 200 of them? And just start, you know, don't blow all your money on- 10,000 cups just thinking it's going to work. I know it's going to work. And sure enough, that was like the one of the most important lessons I learned from her. Fail cheaply, fail fast. Um, I got those 200 cups and those were the 200 cups that people said, I hate these. You know, these have got to go. And at least it was, we hate the cup because exactly. that's just an inanimate object. Okay, great. Exactly. We'll swap that thing out. Mm-hmm. You know, we can just kind of keep re-engineering and getting that better. So- 
Tell us what's so important and special in your mind and to useful about the college foodie. You know, what is what is it that they care about? Why is this resonating? Why why did you start there? Well, I would say I didn't start there. Um, so I started in Boston going cafe to cafe pre-COVID. Um, and then it was really during COVID that I did a hard pivot into college campuses, um, mostly because I realized that college campuses needed to have students on campus for their revenue, that their revenue was directly tied to butts and seats and uh, people going and getting food. Um, so they, they had a problem to solve. Um, especially Wait, how did you know I, that? Uh, how did, how did I know that? that? Out? I don't know. <laughs> did some thinking. Well, because well, I, I mean, was because learning, they have online colleges. They have online colleges, but the majority of revenue comes from room and board. Bingo! The real estate play. Got exactly. it. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. Now I'm thinking back on it. It's like you pay almost as much, if not more for your room and board and food than you do for your actual education. In and most- that's the business side of it, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was my hard pivot. And I, I will say we have some community implementations live right now. Um, folks are welcome to check them out. We've partnered with local implementing organizations in communities across the U.S., um, including Martha's Vineyard, Block Island, Middletown, Connecticut, um, Marin County, California, I'm probably forgetting someone. Oh, Lexington, Massachusetts, and a few others. But these are those are all um, partnered with a local nonprofit, generally implementing organization um, who's licensing our tech and possibly uh, our containers as well. What could one of these young ambassadors do to help? Let's say they they discover this or they hear this. What can they do to kind of get it going where they are? Sure. So talking with dining services directors is a great place to start. Um, This is an opportunity for those dining services leaders to come out as true leaders and visionaries, helping the campus save money, walk the talk of their sustainability goals, and specifically their zero waste goals, while also educating students about why it's important to not have food packaged in plastic, to be drinking coffee out of plastic, um, and and how much waste we are creating from our single-use habits. Mm-hmm. All right. Reality check now. Explain to us really where where are we now with this, what I call kind of the old legacy college food service infrastructure. Well, I just got back from a a conference, and I do think that there's a lot of innovation happening, Um, certainly in terms of um, uh, non-meat products. Those are becoming more mainstream on campuses. I'm seeing a lot of creativity in the types of um, uh, retail offerings that they have on campuses. I, I do really believe that the students are the customers um, and dining services is one of the most, or dining on campus is one of the most important factors that a student is likely considering when they go to a campus, when they decide to go to a, a certain school. Um, and so those dining services leaders are rising to the occasion to, to meet the needs of their students, whether it's a, a smoothie and acai bowl place, um, you know, just 
there's a lot of innovation that seems to be happening happening rather quickly right now um, to meet the needs of these students whose culinary choices might be different than they were 10 years ago. Well, when I was thinking that about that question, I was coming from the angle of you're dealing with distributors, you're dealing with the old way of doing things. And that's what I meant by the reality check. And I'm glad to hear that there is some forward thinking, some innovation, but now on the business side, the sales side, you're showing up trying to do this. They've already got this system running soup to nuts. They don't, why upset the apple cart? What's happening in that sales and operational push that you're making? How's that going? Sure. Well, I will start by saying most of these um, campuses have zero waste goals and they're zero waste goals that are rapidly approaching. Um, and so from in a kitchen perspective, there's composting as an option to recoup um, food waste. Um, but that's one of the only ways to march towards zero waste in, in a kitchen setting. Um, packaging is the next big piece. So if we can do uh returnable takeout and eliminate all that single-use packaging on campus. Um, that's huge. And and maybe I'll just pause here, Tony, and, and mention that a lot of campuses have tried to use compostable or biodegradable packaging to meet those zero-waste goals. And unfortunately, it's not the silver bullet we all thought it would be. First of all, many compostable packaging or many a lot of it is lined with PFAS, which is a forever chemical and is being banned um, in countries and state by state uh, here in the U.S. PFAS? Um, PFAS. P-F-A-S. And that's used as a... Waterproofing like, agent. Oh, that's kind of prevents that food from soaking through. Exactly. And so... Uh, devil's in the details, isn't it? It is. You know, think fiber isn't naturally waterproof. So there has to be something coating it. And whether that's PFAS or a, a bioplastic, which is still effectively plastic, just made from more natural sources. Oh, I did not know that. So all those takeout, compostable, quote unquote, things, they're so truly So many not of them are not so great. Mm. Um, whether it's that PFAS that I just mentioned then many of them also can't um, biodegrade or decompose if you throw them in, on the sidewalk or in the ocean. Um, they're meant to biodegrade or compost in commercial composting settings that are heat and temperature controlled that we just can't get on the sidewalk, in the ocean, or in our backyard compost. I better stop throwing things on the sidewalk because I, I thought, <laughs> I, God, that's just where I, I put all my <laughs> I knew that's like, I figured, well, this is worse. Compostable, just put it on the. Okay, I had no idea that it had to be in this like perfectly managed setting. And there are innovators out there working on this. Um, it's just not all the way there yet. So it's an, it, it, it's an expensive solution. You know, com these products are really freaking expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and it isn't necessarily doing any good. It is also still single use. So you have to create it, you know, manufacture it, ship it. It's yep. used for five minutes. And then you have to have this whole composting. You really didn't solve the problem. You exactly. really did not. Yeah. You're just, not a you're, bullet. you're just kind of changing the way it looks a little bit. It's kind of a quick little medicine band-aid. It's, it's not exactly. really fixing it. What do you think the, the size of the opportunity is here? What's, can you give us some kind of market idea? What do you, 
think from projections? What could this be? Well, we are primarily focusing on college campuses as our, what we're calling a beachhead market. Um, We do think that this will eventually go more mainstream. I mean, my goal is when I'm in a nursing home playing checkers, I can tell my, you know, checkers friend, I help to redefine what takeout looks like. I help to change the paradigm of takeout so that my grandkids won't know what single-use packaging looks like. So starting with college campuses is in part because we're educating the future about what a new norm could look like. Um, And the community implementations are evidence that there's demand beyond college campuses. We are also seeing bans on uh, single-use takeout come to fruition. So, for example, an ordinance in Marin County, California, goes into effect later this year. Um, Some ordinances were just passed on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, very close to where I live. Um, so it's it. Those are just a few examples of the traction that this is starting to to gain. Um, you know, plastic bag bans were a thing what five ten years ago, and that those have grown. And now we're adding on single use takeout. So when you approach these buyers, are there what kind of feedback are you getting? You know, from buyers from distributors who have to be part of this solution? Are they wanting to get on board? Is that wh- Where's the bottleneck for you? The bottleneck for us is really change is hard and change requires true leadership. Um, and so that that takes a certain individual who wants to, to bring that change to their organization. Um, the second piece is on some campuses, they have built out retail specifically to not have any dishwashing. Um, so that was built with the understanding that everything would be single use, which, which is a real shame. Um, and now they need to rethink what their facilities look like, which is a, a long period of time, you know, to, to get that to happen. Um, but the cost savings are just so tremendous that it absolutely warrants having a dishwasher um, or reconfiguring a dishwashing space um, to allow more volume. It's too bad they can't. There's not like a mobile dishwashing service. That was one of the ideas that Linda Puyo was working on with Dishcraft. I mentioned that at the top. Yeah, yeah. And there are a few um, companies that still offer that service. I've I've done a lot of analysis on this because when I first got started, I I, th- I think I mentioned I was doing centralized dishwashing in a a cafe on the. <laughs> you were doing it. Um, so been there, done that, but. I worked really hard on trying to get the math to work for centralized dishwashing. And the moment you start to truck stuff around town, build out a new facility, yep. um, get it back to the various locations, it 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 does add costs for a third party yeah. organization to it come. It needs in. to be done on site, right? That's exactly. It's just so much more efficient and cost effective. And le- you know, if there's a commissary kitchen on campus, that's a great place to do it as well. Um, you know, because you already have trucks going to and from and delivering whatever you need to deliver. Do you want to talk about the financial investment that's required or just roughly? Do you want to get into any of that? So one of our core tenants is we help our campuses save money in comparison to single use. Um, I firmly believe that while we will all check the box that we care about the environment, um, during a survey, at the end of the day, our decision comes down to dollars and cents. So this 
this business, when I was designing it, absolutely needs to stroke at the warm and fuzzies of we're saving the world and building a better future. But it needs to also economically make sense so so that people do implement it and, and we can kind of convince everyone that this makes sense. So out of the gate, we're able to save our partners anywhere from 20 to 50 some odd percent over single use. Obviously, stainless steel is more expensive, but when it's used over and over and over for what, two to three years, the cost dramatically drops. So I imagine that's part of your pitch deck to them. That is absolutely part of our pitch. Um, So first of all, we know that this is really expensive and that most campuses don't have a capital budget to be able to afford uh, the inventory that would need to be deployed. So we've actually developed a leasing plan with colleges. So they lease the the inventory and technology from us. And our inventory lasts at minimum three years. Um, so, you know, this is really durable stuff. This is built to last. Um, even students, you know, throwing things around, a few dents here and there is really as bad as it gets. I think we're all used to reusing pots and pans and plates. We go out and we eat at restaurants. You know, that's not a clean plate. I mean, it's not a brand new plate. I mean, exactly. if you think about it for a minute, you already are using someone else's plate. Exactly. And that, so that was the exact argument um, kind of when we were starting to reemerge from COVID and restaurants were doing all single use. And I was part of some local folks trying to get restaurants to use normal plates and and stuff again. And the whole argument was, this is going through your dishwasher. If you, you know, don't have the right heat or, or settings on your dishwasher, we've got a bigger problem. Um, but this is as sanitary as it gets. <laughs> right. You're going to fail your inspection anyway. You don't exactly. have, it's not a me problem. You, you've got to upgrade your equipment anyway. Exactly. And so we are all very comfortable with eating off of normal China when we're at a restaurant. This is really just changing the paradigm. And, you know, I really don't get those questions that I used to get two or three years ago about how do you know it's clean? Um, I, I ask them, okay, you sit at a restaurant. How do you know it's clean? You look at it. Yeah. It, it's all <laughs> subject to the same health code stuff. It's coming out of the same commercial kitchen um, as the rest of your meal. Where are you now? What's... Can you give kind of geographically where this is happening and kind of where you see it going next? So we have a presence. um, We're we're based in Massachusetts, um, Boston, um, but we have campuses in California as well as the Midwest, obviously some East Coast campuses as well. Um, So this really isn't limited to any geography. Um, we, We are going places. Got it. You are going places, Allison. Okay, so what's the call to action for people? The call to action is please feel free to hop on our website um, and, and check us out and get in touch. It's useful with two L's dot US, so useful dot US. Um, and then on your college campus, get in touch with your dining services director, or your auxiliary services director, even your campus president. Talk about Oh, I should mention your sustainability leaders as well. Because that's um, four. Talk- okay, so 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 run through those four again. Dining services leaders, auxiliary services, sustainability, and don't be afraid to give the president a shout. Students yeah. are powerful on the campus. They are the customers. Um, they have a lot of say. You know, in effect, all of those people work for them. Um, so they, the the administration, the leadership 
wants to make it a place that students are proud to be part of, you know, that community. Um, So that's certainly one piece. Uh, And then in communities, um, there are a number of organizations working towards zero waste in those communities. Tag along with them. Um, You know, we're we're always available to to assist, license our technology um, and, and help what what in effect are pilot programs at this point until those ordinances come into effect. It's awesome. Great food tech. So needed. And we're pulling for you, Allison. Awesome. Tony, it's very it's really, useful. It's it very is. useful. It is. <laughs> I'm a corn yeah. dog. What can I tell you? <laughs> useful with two L's so that your glass is always full. I saw that play on that. That was very good. Very good. <laughs> Allison, what a pleasure. Oh, I am so glad to have been able to help you and, and your company kind of share your story across the uh, winning at work empire of listeners. So um, let's get on, do a live stream in you know four to six weeks. Let's talk about it. Maybe we can show some of the uh, useful uh, cups and plates and bowls and, and kind of talk more through how everything's going on college campuses and beyond. That would be great. Thank you so much, Tony, for having me and for everyone for listening.